Did you get the little pop-up? Yeah, I got the pop-up, so we're good. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Resocial Hour podcast. It's Emily. It's Anthony. And Joey. And this week, we're going to be talking about how our brain works. Um, so this was a question that came up at one of our last meetings, um, and I was kind of inspired by the scene from Westworld, so spoiler alert, um, where Maeve uh, actually saw on a tablet how her, like, words were being generated. Like, she saw branching with trees in her sentences, so she could see, like, the next possible word she would say, then going on to the next possible thing she could say. Um, it's just this kind of, like, meta-awareness of her own, like, thought process that I thought was really interesting, and it made me wonder... You know, if I could visualize how my own brain worked, how would I describe it to other people? Um, and so that's going to be our question for this week. So it's if you could visualize how your own brain works, how would you describe it? And this might also um, be informed by different contexts that you're in or, you know, different emotional states. So I'm interested in all of it. I, I, tend, I, I tend to visualize things in two different ways. Whenever I'm like trying to ideate something. It's usually through like a web type of format or like minority report or beautiful mind type of format where I kind of like do this mind mapping thing where where I, I kind of like I have like a circle right here and then I just kind of move things around until I like figure it out in some odd way. Another way that I, I, I like if I'm trying to get information, it, it, my brain visualizes kind of like a filing cabinet. And just kind of like, or like a giant comic book box full of like comics or issues. And I'm just kind of like going through them, like looking for that one in per- uh, one particular like piece of information until I find it. And I'm just like, oh, there it is. There, no, I can vocalize said information. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know why those in particular. But um, I've also seen in cartoons where the little brain has like little feet and hands and there's like little workers in there. Sometimes I feel that way too. Like if it's like Fraggle Rock, those little um, like little green dudes with a hard hat helmets, I feel like (laughs) those are also somewhere in there some days, but um, those are the like, yeah, off the top of my head, those are the ones that really like stick out. And this is something I've thought about way before you asked this question too, as you can tell. So um, I, I really like this question a lot though, Emily. This is really cool. Thank you. Joey, what about you? Are you similar to Anthony or different? Uh, I'm pretty different, actually. Just in that, like, um, so I have a photographic memory, uh, or I've had one. That's the older I get, I think I have it less and less. But uh, I have a photographic memory. And so, you know, when I'm thinking, I'm very visual. I'm like, I mean, I remember things and things are popping up in my head. And so when I'm ideating, I'm often like, putting visual things together so um you know how when you say like how do you visualize your brain works like um when i'm when i'm like doing academic work meaning like i'm sitting here and trying to figure things out i'm often the other thing is i'm very emotional so like emotionally grounded not not meaning that like emotionally grounded is fine all the time but emotionally grounded in that like uh, emotion affects a lot of how I think, right? And I, I have to, uh, I, as when I was younger, I, did, I didn't know how to like harness that. But uh, as I've gotten older, I've kind of, you know, you see your own agency in, the, in, in your reaction. And because uh, I have anxieties, like you, you get into a lot of fight or flight. And, um, 
And so, you know, you mix that with like photographic memory and it gets pretty interesting because, um, and then I have AD, <laughs> ADD. So, uh, <laughs> so it's like, uh, uh, basically depending on the situations I'm in, if I'm ideating, I'm like having all these flashes of different things come through and they kind of like have ones that just keep floating more than the other. And I'll start kind of bouncing off of those. Um, and so, you know, the, the good of that has been that I'm really good at ideating, hearing other people's ideas, kind of like trying to listen to like their lived reality and having this visual space that I can put myself in emotionally. I know I'm, I'm like karate kid here, like adding up everything I just said, <laughs> but uh, what it does is it allows me to kind of have this uh, uh, empathy uh, when intellectualizing, which is really weird. Um, the downside of it is that when I hang out with very super semantic, logical people, it goes nowhere fast because they want to be like very pointed and like this, this, and, and any word I say is taken to the nth. And that doesn't work with me because I'm constantly ideating and I'm constantly like refining what I'm saying. So if every time something that I say is analyzed to the nth degree, it's just going to be this long drawn out, like frustrating thing for me because I'm not, I'm not allowed any error in what I'm, what I'm thinking about. And so that's kind of where like where anxiety comes and, and can be on the downside. The, uh, the plus side is that like, if I am with someone that's facilitated while I'm trying to use my brain to ideate, it allows me to, um, to like, kind of jump over some of those anxieties or come back to them and nuance them out over time so that it's more comfortable for me. Uh, so that's kind of like, yeah, I guess visually and emotionally are kind of like two things that I think about a lot. And then like the other thing is that like you have like the way your brain like works, the way you think your brain works. And then the other thing I think about is like our subconscious, right? Like how our subconscious works. And I think that's where like my audio my audio uh, thinking kind of comes in like how I process sound uh, is that I'm not doing it consciously. It's subconscious. Like I can hear sounds all the time. I'm always hearing. I mean, that's I own a hi-fi store. It's like I constantly, I can hear every little thing that's going on. And it's not about like having the best hearing. It's just noticing it and processing it again, processing it visually, processing it emotionally. It's just different for me. Thank you so much. Those are, those are really insightful. And I feel like I kind of, since you all went first, I kind of have some that I'm similar to and some that I'm different from. So Anthony, you talked about the kind of like mind mapping thing, which I almost picture like social network analysis where you have like nodes and then different lines connecting those nodes and they're like interrelated to one another. Um, and I feel like that's how my brain works a lot of the time when, especially when I'm just like thinking or like reading, um, like reading literature and stuff like that, where I'm, I'm like, see something in the text. And then I think of this concept and it like brings me to another concept. And I really like reading because of that. Cause I feel like every time I read, I just kind of create this like mind map um, of these different concepts based on my prior knowledge. Um, but also like Joey, I have anxiety. And I feel like when you were describing how your brain works, it, especially its relationship with emotion, uh, that really helps me to even think about how my brain works with emotion. So I have like patterns of rumination a lot, like really like 
it's like almost like if you picture the mind map, but then like every time you go out from a node, it brings you back to a node or the like a different node that's also annoying and negative. Um, it's like I can't get myself to a different place. I just always keep returning. Um, and like you, like talking to other people, especially when they allow me to like talk in kind of what other people would say talking in circles, it often does help me to kind of like put an end to whatever that is, like to stop it from connecting back. Um, I, like is this kind of finality where I can be like, no, this is the end of this path. Um, and then filter out to other paths where they're more healthy, um, where I don't get myself just back to something else negative. Um, but another way that's kind of unique that neither of you talked about that I picture how my brain works, um, especially when my brain's working really fast, um, is like almost if you picture like different timelines, kind of one on top of another, and like I have multiple concepts going on or multiple thoughts going on. Like I might be thinking about re-social, but then also my relationship, but then also like a book chapter. And I'm just like constantly weaving between them. And I have to keep like reminding myself like which one I have to be on right now. And I mean, that's really hard for me to do. Um, as probably a lot of people that talk to me will notice, like my brain just kind of goes other places sometimes. And it can be, um, one thing I've been thinking about lately is that it can be like harmful to relationships because a lot of times like, I'm trying to be present and be on that plane, but my brain just wants to keep going out somewhere deeper and somewhere that's not the present. And so like, I have to keep reminding myself or like letting loved ones know like, Hey, like you can like, just bring me back. If you realize that I'm not even like listening, it's not even something I caught like consciously do. It just happens. And then all of a sudden I like missed parts of a conversation because I'm off in my brain. Um, and it's really strange. So I don't know if y'all have similar experiences like that. But um, that's something I'm definitely working on and how my brain works right now. I could definitely relate to that, Emily. Like, I'll be on the phone with my mom sometimes and she'll be telling me about something that happened. And then all of a sudden, like a thought pops into my head where I'm like, oh, I got to do this. Or, oh, I remember I need to do this. Oh, I need to add this to my list. And then so my brain starts going off to my projects like that. It's not that I don't want to focus on what my mom is saying or anything like that. It's just my brain just starts drifting off sometimes, like you mentioned. And it just like, like, I, I might, and then just like, oh, it's that little cloud that hovers like, as always. It's just like the, the work's always there hovering. So I'm just thinking, oh man, I got to do this. I got to do this. And sometimes I'll be talking to her while doing work. And so it's like, I've had to learn to multitask that you know, too. And it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's weird, but I was also thinking too, like, I also like to storyboard a lot sometimes my ideas. And that's the way I like, I visual, visualize a lot of things too. So, well, I don't know if it's my brain necessarily, but um, like the visualization of my brain, but I, I visualize a lot of my ideas through vis- like storyboards. Like I once did a, um, like a little clip, commercial clip promotion thing for um academics and amigos um the other podcast I, I do and um i uh i had that thing storyboarded all in my head and then there's a lot of different other projects of mine too that i've done where i just storyboard them in my head like i don't draw them out or anything like that it's just all visual, like set in my brain like that like i want to do this i want to have it like this or i want to sketch it out like this or whatever it might be Sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it's awful, but I, I, I do that. I storyboard things like like ideas of mine or concepts of mine, and just like it works out. And I think, um, and and I don't know. It's it's like working with Joey, especially. I like I've, I've um, 
I've learned to, to that's helped me out a lot too, because of the, the type of work Joey and I do with the media and gaming lab. Like I've noticed that that's kind of helped me, like, especially with my creative stuff that I've been, I, we do together, like the creative work that we do, that it's really helped like control that a lot better and use it for more productive <laughs> ways and spaces. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, so that's like in my academic setting, right? So then in like, um, I have like other ways I kind of visualize my thinking when I'm, when I'm doing, uh, kind of more like serious, like, like, well, serious things like driving, like driving, I change into a whole different mindset. So I may be thinking about a lot still, but like, am I, I have like a whole other subconscious that turns on that's like, look like like constantly thinking about what's around me, like obsessively. And in terms of like everything that's going on and then, um, and that's stressful. Uh, it's like bandwidth. Right. But then like, I have that same thing when I go cycling and it's different because, uh, at that point, it's such a high level of exertion and responsibility to like not get taken out (laughs) that, um, it's not stressful. It's like kind of this, like, like a practice of, of flight and fight at the same time um, where I'm getting to like go through those emotions and process it. And so uh, 99% of the time, which I have uh, every once in a while, I'll have an anxiety attack while writing. Um, it is actually very like therapeutic for me to just turn, like, basically I turn everything off. I'm list- I have like a, uh, real low like music playing or a podcast playing that is just kind of like a monotony going on and I just go into this whole other zone where I'm not thinking visually I'm thinking in that moment right then and there and like I have to be super present because I don't know if y'all know this but riding you know cycling on the road is like super dangerous it's very easy to like have an accident and get hurt um which I've done before. So it's not just like, like I've literally uh, gone on when I first started writing, like I went on a ride uh, with a group and um, I was thinking about the people around me. And there's this guy right behind me that I thought I was getting a little too letting, not letting them get too close, but they're getting close to me. And just for that second, I took my concentration off and my rear tire came off the the pavement and um, I flew off my bike and um i like busted my lip and cut myself up a little bit but like i literally broke my helmet i was fine i finished the ride like but like when i got home i took my helmet off and it was like the foam was cracked and i was like all right like this isn't a joke like when you go ride your bike like, <laughs> like this is not a thing to take too casually you know um and so when i'm out doing those kinds of things like my mindset is really different and that's like reciprocally, it's helped me in academia where um, I'm in like my mind will change all. And you may even see it like facially on me, like in terms of a fascia um, change. Like if I start getting challenged by someone that's like operating in a manner that's totally different than what uh, I thought we were going into academically, meaning like dictative more than facilitative kind of situation. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like I go into like this other whole game mode where I'm, I'm way more serious 
and uh, my mind tightens up and gets very present and has to get very nuanced and get very uh, uh, into the game. And so it's, it's, you know, it's interesting how we visualize that a lot of it to me is also like the visualization also comes after the fact for me a lot. Think like harping on what happened, going, playing it back, playing it back in like situations of fight or flight. I often have that a ton, whether it's a conversation that got a little heated about Foucault, (laughs) meaning something asinine, (laughs) at least to me. Uh, And then then, like things that are actually like, you know, kind of crazy where you have stuff going on that really warrant a fight or flight scenario, you know. And so, yeah, I think of like that, that's also like, I think about those things and then I apply them in other scenarios to see how they like, uh, how they help me manage with them better or worse. I write about that in my dissertation, by the way, like about working in the car, you know, working on cars and the camaraderie that takes place there. And then like applying that (laughs) in the classroom and then like, taking what I like feel in the classroom and applying that to like these mechanics kind of whole other world. But yeah. I like that. I, I like that your, your response just got into like, like how you try to manipulate, like which way your brain is thinking, like how you try to tra- transfer between multiple ways of thinking, um, especially in the context of like having anxiety. Cause that was something that I talked to my youngest brother about maybe a week or two ago. Um, like, how to get my brain when I'm ruminating and thinking very quickly, how to get it to stop doing that. And like my main fallback is like calling my family and friends, but there's sometimes that you just can't like the middle of the night or like, you know, they're out and you don't want to like bother them. And you also, you know what I mean? Um, And so I was talking to him about like how he does it um, and he does a lot of drawing. And so he's recommending that I draw. Well, drawing just makes me anxious because I want it to be perfect. And then I'm just anxious. So like, that's not my method, but it was nice to see his method. Um, and it got me thinking about like what I do or what I could do in my life that would help me to kind of slow down my thoughts. So they're not just constantly going over and over again. And the first one that I'm thinking about now as Joey was talking was talking. And I think the reason that talking helps is because I cannot talk as fast as I think, even though I do talk very quickly. Um, like I still, it's still like slowing it down. Um, and same as writing. Um, and writing on paper even more so than typing because you can still type pretty fast when you're thinking but um, I think that really makes me slow down and really think about what I'm saying and then also like visually seeing that on a page allows me to go back and kind of revise or edit it based on like new thoughts Um, I can be like oh actually I disagree with that or like I can identify oh that sentence that's not real like that's not a real issue I'm definitely catastrophizing Um, and another thing that I do is knitting um And I do multiple types of knitting. Like I can do um, some projects I like to do that are completely mindless if I'm like in a good mood. Um, But I find that like doing slightly more complex knitting um, can help me to not think quite as much. Like it pulls me out of my like brain space and into the present because I actually have to think about what I'm doing. Um, Unlike something like driving or knitting really easy patterns where somehow like your subconscious just kind of takes over and does everything for you until there's an issue. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing this thing. Um, so yeah, I was wondering, Anthony, is there anything that you do to kind of like transfer between different states of mind? I mean, <clears throat> I find that code switching aspect of it so interesting. You know what I mean? Like hearing the conversations that, that you and Joey just had and 
was just um I, I kept thinking about code switch <laughs> like code switching um that's a really good question emily um oh my gosh what do I, I don't know I, I mean i know i do it because i i, I feel it like i i feel it like when <laughs> i remember a few weeks ago joey and i um we're currently working on a project together and um we we went to some video game shops and while we were in the sh- like usually when i'm in shops like that or in comic shops and stuff like that i'm in like in the comic shop i was like geeking out i was just like boom nerd mode woo excitement and joey saw it too like he was just like oh my god i've never seen anything like this it's just funny and then I, we go to the video game shops and I just like do a full like the code switch moment where I'm just like, okay, time to do like academic stuff where I just to, like analyze like and analyze, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's like I was a Terminator or something like that. Like just like a robot, just analyzing and just getting the data and all this stuff. And so <laughs> I use so many pop culture references. Oh my gosh. Um, but anyways, I, uh, I don't know. I just noticed that, like, I don't know how it happens or when it happens. It just does. Like, I, like if my, like, I just kind of know when to turn things on and turn things off when I'm supposed to. And I guess that that works with me too, with like the type of research I do. Cause a lot of people have told me like, don't study things that you like and enjoy. But ironically, I study the things I love and enjoy. And so, uh, people go, well, how do you not like dislike the stuff that you like or like research? I'm like, I mean, there's a difference. I mean, you know, I have to learn to turn it on and turn it off. You know, it's like, how am I going to like go to a movie of like Spider-Man or something and just be like critiquing it the whole time? How am I going to enjoy it? No, come on. I mean, like I have to have a certain on and off switch to that where, where if I'm going to be in analytical critical mode, I'm, I'm on that. But if I'm going to be like enjoyment, nerding out mode, I'm going to be in that mode, <laughs> you know? So I had to learn to kind of like find that balance of like when to turn it on and when to turn it off. Because it's like, for example, like the new Batman movie that's coming out, I am going to be full geek out. Anthony is going <laughs> to love this mode already. Um, so, <laughs> and then I might watch it like I, a few more times knowing me, I will. Um, but I will definitely like maybe take a chance to like sit back and just kind of like, like use it to just kind of like analyze it and, you know, like break it down and everything like that too. I mean, um, it's not for any purposes, just for fun, but uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, so, I mean, it's just an on and off switch that I randomly have, because if I constantly ha- like have that going, it's just gonna I'm gonna hate everything I love, and I don't want that. Like it, it, that'd be frustrating to me, especially like when I love a lot of the stuff that I do research on so much. So, yeah, and, you know, kind of reflecting on that duality that you talk about. Like one of the things about me subconsciously is like, especially like if I'm in academia or. Uh, or even in the hi-fi realm, you know, people will ask me my opinions. Oh, how does this sound? Was I'm like, it's good. It's blah, blah, blah. Or like, do you like this paper that I wrote? I'm like, yeah, looking at it. Yeah, this looks good. That looks good. And then, like you said, sometimes they'll be like, no, like, I really want you to like, tell me like, or, or they don't believe that I have merit to like, <laughs> to say that this is good. You know? And I'll just go into like, like you said, kind of that critical mode where you're like, okay, well, if we look at the semiotics, and you know of this this and this and if we look at the mise-en-scene of these scenes like it's clear that ball and they're just like 
Yeah, I was paying attention. I just don't think I'm not going to turn that on when I'm just trying to enjoy something. And one of the hardest things about like selling hi-fi uh, is that I'm selling things based off of the sound quality, but uh, uh, for, for a lot of people, um, but my actual judgment is, do I feel happier when I'm listening to the music with it? That's my actual judgment. And so it's like, if someone's like, well, how is it better? I'm like, I think it sounds better. I think it plays music better. I think it's more tuneful and more fun to listen to. And they're all like, yeah, but the cantilever has like a sapphire, uh, 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 asymmetrical, um, or a conical, sorry, uh, uh, a tip, you know, how does that compare to a diamond tip? And I'm like, that's not, I don't even like, I understand exactly what you're talking about. And I know all the different, like, uh, uh, precious, you know, uh, 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 not uh, like not rocks, but you know what I'm talking about that are, are used. Right. But I don't care about that because like what I care about is the intentionality of the person that built it and whatever they chose to use to like make this sound more musical to their ears is like why I care about it. I don't care about it specifically because they used to sapphire Ruby uh, a tip on their stylus for the turntable. And so it's also like a, just a different kind of attitude where um, if I'm enjoying it, I can also critically be enjoying it. And I don't have to, like, I don't feel the need to always justify that. So if it's like, if I, like you said, kind of like when you go to see Batman, it's like, um, if you go and see that one and you're like, I loved it, people are going to like, yeah, well, you just love Batman. It's like, no, like if I said, I love it, like I I'll, I can also critically back it up. I, I didn't have to say I loved it, but it has a lot of flaws. I said, I loved it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I, I noticed that my brain will often like um, kind of have those like if and gates going sometimes when I'm talking to people anthropologically, like uh, the other thing you said that like blew my mind was when people say, don't do what you love, like don't study what you love because it'll like burn you out or something. And I'm just like, I can't turn my brain off that way. Like I am always a critic. I am all, I always, I, I'm an anthropologist at heart. I'm studying culture. I'm studying variance. I'm studying change to think that, that I, I, if I just study things I'm not as attached to, is going to make a difference. It, it doesn't because I'll just get that much into whatever it is that's in front of me. It could be crocheting. And then all of a sudden I care about crocheting, you know, it could be, uh, sewing, it could be, uh, textiles or fashion or design or like lip gloss, like we were talking about earlier. Like it doesn't matter. I can all of a sudden care about the influencers, the tastemakers, uh, the materials, the sourcing, like I can analog make it analogous to the car culture that I, I have had heavily studied. And so it's, it's just a different, I think that's one of the things about being an academic uh, or a generalist um, is that like you, you tend, people kind of get annoyed by it because you're like, Oh, that's like this. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> but that's, that's on my mind. Like <laughs> if I would go back and kind of visualize how it thinks is that it can also be kind of annoying to people yeah okay so I really relate to the whole like um I think you kind of almost talked about like these kind of almost like conditional statements like I always am trying to derive rules for what I see and what I observe whether it be in television or just human behavior like oh okay it looks like people do this and then I might see that something you know do something else and I'm like okay well maybe it's because of this and I'll just kind of create these rules and every time I see something else it like I'm like oh well nope 
it's actually might be this. And I'm just like completely almost always hypothesizing, which is also why I enjoy like television and movies, because most of the time they're trying to they're trying to like create a story that gets you to kind of hypothesize and then learn more and be like, oh, well, that's probably not what's happening. It's actually probably this or like to read the subtleties of human behavior. And I just think that's really engaging. Like, I really like having my brain engaged in that way. Um, but what you were talking about, Joey, with um, not kind of being able to turn that off is I'm the same way. I don't really turn it off, which is kind of a problem sometimes in personal relationships, because I can never I can never like just accept something. I have to always be finding the nuances that contextualize like you know, which, which context this exists and which ones it doesn't, you know, and I, it, I've been reading a lot in my classes about Stuart Hall and negotiated readings. And I'm just like, I think I read everything negotiated. Like I, I'm always negotiating it. Like I never like read anything. I'm like, yep, that's, that's hundred percent. Right. I like, I'm always like, okay, well, I understand what you're doing, but this is something that I think isn't quite right. Or like maybe this, but you know, I, I wouldn't really do this in this situation. And I feel like that's how I always am. Like, some of the shows I watch, like 90 Day Fiance and stuff, um, like I, I enjoy them, but I don't enjoy them because I ignore the crappiness of them. Like, like the, you know, like how they simplify the ideas of people's culture and how they talk about immigration and like all of these discourses going on within it. I don't ignore that um, or ignore criticizing it, but I can still enjoy watching the show while maintaining that idea that the show is really flawed. Um, and I think we see that a lot when we think about like our favorite characters or villains or, you know, in movies or television is to me, at least personally, it's the most like kind of the most flawed or dynamic characters are the ones I like the most um, because I recognize that all of us are that way. And so when I see that reflected in media, like I just I just like it. I guess I like having that negotiated reading. But I do think that it's really difficult because if anyone asks me any question, my answer is never yes or no. It's always well, actually, these are the three different things I'm thinking and when they might apply. And I know that that's a lot. Um, but yeah, that's how my brain works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, 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 I, you know, this is a great conversation. The other thing that I think about, too, is just um, interaction, like how how I see my brain work when I go to to interact with people and, and taking things into consideration, like not just my independent thinking, like when I'm by myself, but when I'm around others and, and visualizing, like, cause one of the things that I really focus on as an academic is just being facilitative rather than dictative and, and leaving room for interpretation and for error and for mistake. Uh, cause I think that's one of the things that probably is a part of my personality trait is that I know I'm going to mess up. So I'm not looking for anybody else to be perfect, but I, uh, I often feel that in a lot of other situations, people, I think, cause you know, Anthony, kind of going back to what you were talking about with people saying not to pick your, your, the things you love is that I think they also feel like you may or may not be as objective. And, um, and one of my, one of my, uh, positions against that is that I've never felt pure objectivity. Like the more I've learned, the less I've believed in objectivity, if that makes sense. The older I get, I, I, I and at, like we said, like as nuanced anthropologists or whatever we call ourselves, like I just don't see objectivity. I just see subjectivity. Like your subjectivity may be that you actually have no tie to this topic. And so you're unable to have empathy 
when discussing the topic. And so your uh, research is flawed because it doesn't exude the uh, actual emotion that's occurring in these spaces that you're studying. And so it's devoid of that. So while that may be good uh, for some of what the research is trying to accomplish, it's something that has to be factored in, factored in you know? And that's like something that I often think about um, or your positionality of being able to study it. Like, right, like this, like uh, this past week, I had my students um, look at alternative histories of hip hop and make presentations about it. And um, the reason I chose that is because that is very hard. We're in a predominantly Anglo uh, university here at, at Texas A&M. And so to get people to write and then create videos um, about alternative histories of hip hop, which is something that they may not feel like a personal ownership of or, or have personal stake in, but is something that is highly charged in terms of representation, in terms of discourse, um, has an emotional weight to it that uh, when you actually go to make an, a, a critique or a piece about this topic, all of a sudden, like your brain is working differently. Your brain has some apprehension. Your brain wants to make sure that you're doing this in a different way um, that has a balance to it. So it was really cool because like it actually, I don't know how but it worked out really well. And we had some great presentations. And I don't mean that as in any, any disrespect to the students. I just mean that like I come up with these ideas, like I said, sometimes I'm like, how is this going to turn out? So I kind of surprised myself in that. Um, we had students talk about like uh, uh, the influence of hip hop in Africa, the influence of hip hop in uh, Great Britain. You know, uh, someone did one about Germany, like, and the history of hip hop there, and and of course of, of like African American uh, women and hip hop, because like that's one of the big uh, flaws in the major narrative of hip hop is that they don't represent women, and even you know to this day, like at the halftime show, like women were still allowed represented very fully in the in the show and so um like that's also like i think about that when creating a curriculum and, and projects for students to do is like getting them to have to kind of visualize how their brains working in that way that like it's not as as clear and cut as you might think Yeah, I think that we've had a lot of discussion today and we kind of moved in, in a lot of different directions. And I could talk about this for like another five hours, but I won't because no one <laughs> wants to hear that. Um, but I think that like this was great. I'm like, looking forward to talking to you guys next week. Yeah, yeah we'll have a new topic. And um, yeah, we're not long form yet. We're going to keep it short for you, <laughs> at least somewhat short. But we hope y'all are enjoying our content. Um, please feel free to contact us on any of our social media platforms. Right now, we're very active on Instagram and TikTok. And then, of course, uh, we have our website. You can contact us through. And um, just always feel free to interact with us. Yeah, yeah. If you have anything that you want to say, like, feel free to stitch with the videos or comments. Um, and eventually in the future, we'll be doing some more research, like submissions. So definitely don't hesitate. Um, we want to hear your own opinions because we know that our three opinions definitely do not represent everyone. Um, so we would love, love, love to hear from you. We're just the little tip of the iceberg of a giant conversation that we are 
having and we're just happy to share it with you all and hope you all enjoy it so until next week peace out bye